Welcome back to On the Horizon podcast, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. First, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber and supporting our podcast. This is getting you extra exclusive, unheard, and unseen footage from each interview that we have on the horizon. So first, let's dive in with Juniper. What does a revolution look like to you? Since you spoke on that a little bit, we're like, yeah, I do talk about the revolution. What does that vision look like? I think of Pat, uh, Patrick Califia's work, Whoring and Utopia, which is a really, I mean, it's a piece from the 80s, but still very relevant. I think he makes a really great argument about how sex work actually will exist um, post-revolution. But, you know, I think, like, I don't think that baby commies on Twitter.com takes seriously the... Um, like assimilation. I mean, every single revolution that we have seen ends up in assimilation. Um, and I'm not sure why that's important to me, but it feels important to acknowledge. And so if we are going to think seriously about some kind of revolution, like how do you revolt against power structures without um, creating new power structures? Like even in Occupy Wall Street, like, right. you know, it turned into another hierarchy. It's just like, who had the bigger tent? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. yeah. So I think for me, it's not that I uh, kind of fantasize about the revolution, but I do fantasize about a different world. I don't know yeah. how to get there. I don't want to chop anybody's head off or eat the rich, even as I'm wearing guillotine earrings. Okay, I might I might chop the heads off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> it's weird. You know, it's weird to be a, a like kind of public person, as you both know. Um, like I had a leftist dude on Twitter threaten to chop my head off the other day. It's like God. Can we not with the chopping of the heads? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long story really long. I don't even know what what my conception of the revolution is. Um, we're probably going to destroy the planet before we get there, anyway. So probably it's really likely based on science. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually like interested though. Like oh, it feels to me like the the i'm trying to think of the right way to say this the um the fallout of this pandemic <laughs> which has been like pretty tremendous um also is like uh, it's been terrible for most people i think it's also kind of shined a, a light on how bad our labor policies are yeah. and how bad the working conditions are for most people. And um, I'm wondering if you think that that may be like that there that there that this may like galvanize. Like, I mean, I know that like you know the fact that so many companies are having to close because nobody will work there anymore <laughs> um and they're having to you know just in really basic jobs give huge sign-on bonuses mm -hmm. just for people to take jobs and everything i'm wondering if you think that this has the possibility to um to, to change things i know in a conversation that i had with you before and i think you were totally right about this that we just adapt like very quickly back to old norms. Um, and so um, I'm wondering what you think about that, <laughs> like from a sociology perspective, do you think that we're on the, on the chance of, on the precipice of change for the better or are things just falling apart? <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> um, so I read this really interesting piece a few weeks ago, arguing that um, anti-vax and anti-mask uh, folks are like subconsciously um, like it, it's displaced anxiety for fears that capitalism is not working, essentially. And so I think that there's mm, some value in understanding and seeing how fucked up capitalism is uh, because you have one global pandemic and every, I mean, the entire structure ha has started to crumble. For those of us who have worked in precarious jobs our whole life, you know, we've, we've seen this our whole lives. But um, so hopefully it, it's, a, hopefully more mainstream people are starting to see the way, like I have uh, my mom who was like voted for fucking George W. Bush, like, even she is like, I'm not so sure about the capitalist thing. So, um, I love that. <laughs> not to downplay, like, the brutality of white people who voted for George W. Like, I totally hold her accountable for where we're at um, for those voting practices in the past. But, um, you know, I, I think that people recognize that it's not working. Hopefully we will continue to explore the ways that it, that this system has completely failed everyone. Um, the question is, you know, when I see somebody like Jeff Bezos, who decides to go have his own individual, you know, again, with the, the problem of my body, my choice, he chose to put his body on a fucking rocket yeah. for 11 minutes rather than solving world hunger. Like, fuck those people. Um, what... There need, I yeah. think there needs to be something in place that restricts people like that from becoming like that, or they need to fucking drop acid in the desert yeah. and like get a fucking hold of reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think that anybody who's ever done acid in the desert um, would choose to go on a rocket rather than solve hunger. Do you think that's where a lot of these kind of like the disassociation happens? Like people get so wrapped up in their individual, you know, ideas, life, whatever, that they get disconnected from like connectedness, like humanity, yeah. like the core principles. Maybe. Uh, you know, I always think about the anthropological statement that if we were looking at any other primate, um, like chimpanzees, and there was one chimp that like, took all the food away from all the other chimps and buried it in a hole, didn't even eat it, like just hoarded all the food and created mass chaos among his peers because of his behavior, we would be like, there's something profoundly wrong with that chimpanzee. And yet we've, <laughs> yeah. we've made an entire culture and economic structure for humans that, that privileges and encourages that right. kind of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other tangent, but it's just really interesting. Yeah. I think um, maybe that I'll just say one more thing to that end. Like maybe the best thing for all of us to do, and I think about this a lot, is like if I were set if I suddenly won the lottery, I mean I have these grandiose ideas of like I would open a safe house for sex workers and blah blah blah. And then I often have to be like, okay, but really would you do that or would you go in a rocket to outer space? And I, I just think we have to <laughs> like, interrogate our own selves so that we are not seduced into 
assimilating um, into this culture that we've spent our lives fighting against. Next, let's take a look behind the scenes of our interview with Phoenix Kalita. So even when it comes to like physical capital, like you think about like movers, mm-hmm. like people move, help you move from houses. That's a real job and it's yeah. seen as work and it's a service. They're using their body, their strength, you know, yeah. their physical capital and that's still labor, but what we do isn't. Right. So. I, I just want to say that I um, <clears throat> have never heard anybody use the term physical capital in a context like this. And I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love to apply that kind of philosophy to sex work because I think it really drives home the point of us as a service provider. And yeah. it's very co- comparable to other service providers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that that's actually... Um, like maybe a conversation about how we feel about sex and sexuality. Yeah. Where it's like... <laughs> Things that are very common um, as a sex worker are seen as uh, like really disgusting outside of sex work. But at the same time, we tolerate all sorts of disgusting things from workers just because of the capitalistic uh, system that we live in. So, like, for Mm -hmm. example, like everyone will donate to, say, like, for example, like a welder's GoFundMe. Right. Because he now has, um, you know, like some like lung issues because they've just been breathing in whatever the fuck they've been welding for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, or even, you know, my partner, like a fucking factor, his knees are shot. This nigga 40 yeah. and his knees are gone. <laughs> like running over <laughs> stairs. But yeah. you know, that's the thing. And it's like, but then at the end of the day, why is it embarrassing that I um, should have to be, uh, you know, that people will talk about my body, the way it's being used, right. but you won't talk about other workers in the same way. And so what right. you're really telling me is that you're just fetishizing workers that you do as seeing like, quote unquote, real work. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't. Yeah. I mean, if your partner has to go and get like his knees looked at or whatever, and we have to go get STI tests, like, why is there like shame in one thing and like yeah. not in the exactly. other? Exactly. And that's like yeah. a huge problem for me. And I think that it also um, really dismisses the amount of um, like risks that working class people take because mm-hmm. working class people do dangerous shit all the time just to try to survive. Yeah. I'm not going to shame it. But, like, I'm yeah. also a working-class person trying to survive, so why are you shaming me? Yeah. That's kind of a big thing for me. And, you know, like, when you look at workers, um, you know, and I have so many, because I actually did used to do factory work. I did used to do warehouse work. I did used to be a waitress. Like, mm-hmm. I actually did these things, yeah. um, you know, before, during, and after sex work. And, uh, you know, so it's, like, really um, unfortunate that I can say that, you know, oh, yeah, my knees are shot because I, uh, you know, was, like, a waiter, for so many yeah. years but then i can yeah. also be like oh my knees are shot because i'm a sex we're like well get off the fuck off your knees whore you know and it's like but- yeah right, right. the yeah. connotation <laughs> and that's something too because even like when you mentioned like the gofundme is for someone who like incurs injuries on the work on, on whatever work they do that was like i experienced that because uh i had gotten a really bad car accident in 2015 rolled the car we were in and i broke my collarbone i couldn't work yeah and for me like i would see people having gofundmes for whatever their you know society accepts yeah. version of labor but then for me i was just not able to pay my bills because how dare i start a gofundme or how dare i ask for help when all right. i do is sex work it's like yeah what right it's insane yeah. yeah yeah it's really not seen as work and it's just it's really so unfortunate because it adds to stigma on so many levels but then also it really does lead to this um 
like it's just one of those things that's going to bite people in the ass in the long run because it yeah. really is leading to this like idealized version of what a worker is but um no that really is a thing though because and you know i've talked about this before so we talk about like these concepts of like masculinity and ableism and all these things and it's like mm-hmm conservatives have this like sort of idealized version of men and masculinity we're like oh everyone's like a spartan and it's like mitch mcconnell is your leader shut the fuck when was the last time you saw a swole republican in office yeah <laughs> never but it really is that like sort of idealized like fetishized version of what the best version of a person is and when it comes to leftists unfortunately a lot of them do have that like you know that like old soviet propaganda where it's like you know the workers with like the sickle and the hammer and like Mm -hmm. all those things are fantastic but being able to be on your feet for 14 hours a day and make a thing like a chair or a table or package food that doesn't actually make you better than me (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. You know, people don't really want to have that conversation, and I and I and I really think that that's like where the left is failing in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and I also think that like I think that the question of like what sex are these people having is important because they're like imagining that work this utopia is going to mean that everybody's desires are like lined up perfectly which makes no sense to anyone who yeah, like that's has- ever happened <laughs> ever. <laughs> Right, like, no, you know, like, you're right. In my work, I do tons of things that, like, aren't my thing, but I do them because that's what my clients want. And, um, you know, I may get some something from that. I might get paid. I may think it's fun, but I wouldn't just do it for, like, you know, because I woke up one morning and decided that it would be fun to, like, do this elaborate thing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that there's, like, a level of... um like offendedness about it right because mm-hmm. now because you, now you're talking about people the way that like call center people talk about people like if i was not getting paid i would not let you talk to me like this on the phone but that's kind yeah. of in some ways what a sex worker is like if you were not paying for me this i would not offer you the service because this is not what i want to do like i'm not yeah, into yeah. my kink you know <laughs> but then we were talking about like, that last night we were talking about like our partners who were like they don't see the same thing that mm-hmm. like yeah. we're not doing the same thing with them. They're not getting the persona like- in bed. They're getting me <laughs> like in sweatpants <laughs> and full of Nutella. Like girl, not Nutella. What are you doing? I have clients I've written about this too who are like, oh, I wish I had like a woman like you. And I'm like, but my partner doesn't even have a woman like you. I wish I had a woman like you. Sure. You, he's so lucky because he gets this, and I'm like, but does he? How do you go? Like, I mean, I, I don't know my partner, but like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a sex worker for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and yeah. So a lot of people don't um, appreciate, and I hope you know all I have now is like the Thor like meme in my head. Or gift where he was like, is it though? <laughs> I think those are all like important questions because this idea that like nobody will have to do sex work I um maybe nobody will have to do sex work but who's gonna meet like the demand like yeah gonna be like a right. in demand like by ending capitalism it doesn't make any sense like yeah and I like people get really mad when I say this but it's true as I don't care how many revolutions you have or if we're in this like 
you know, like post-communist utopia or, you know, whatever, whatever, everyone's needs are met. There is somewhere, some way, some man who wants to get pegged. Someone has to do it. <laughs> but that's really how it is, though, because people's sexuality is complex. Not everybody does want, like, you know, the standard, like, oh, missionary, penis, and vagina sex. Right. You know, there are people who are into kinks. There are people, like, there's people who want to get flogged. There's people who want to be spanked. There's people who want to be pegged. There's people, you know, all these things. And it's like having the material needs to feel comfortable does not like necessarily diminish um your sexual kinks so that's that's really weird to me excuse me um to suggest that and it's like so you know what are you actually saying but then also i have this uh thing that a lot of these people who are like oh you know post-revolution everyone's just gonna go to factory and work it's so like gray and drab and joyless and yeah like, like that's how they want their sex lives to be and that's <laughs> <laughs> sign me up no. <laughs> yeah so like it's gonna, be like it's gonna be like me in the like post uh, apocalypse just me and my vibrator like <laughs> <laughs> but there really is a whole problem around um the idea that people have sex for pleasure right or have sex to pass time yeah like masturbate all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and it's and people laugh but honestly like I'm not even that horny all the time, but it's actually like a pain reliever thing for me. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that like that little like endorphin rush. Like, oh, I can now make it through the rest of it because I have chronic pain. I can now make it yeah. through the rest of my body, yeah. you know, shit like that. And you know, it doesn't have to be about uh having babies or right. making Jesus happy or whatever the fuck y'all be doing. I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it makes me so tired. Yeah. Um, right. But no, sex is pleasurable. Uh-huh. And it's like so unfortunate that we as a species are capable of having um these really like nuanced and intense conversations about sex and sexuality and pleasure and consent and boundaries and you know kinks and fetishes but then at the end of the day it's all like you know who what the fuck is it like like a, a lila micklewaite no no oh. sex no sex <laughs> but we yeah. are like literally you know where the uh, <laughs> as I was told living <laughs> among Christians, very conservative Christians, is that sex was supposed to be something that was enjoyed between husband and wives, but they don't even be doing that. No. <laughs> Look, all I know is I have been stuck in a house with my children since COVID started, and they are going to the godmother's house this weekend, and I am like fucking ready. <laughs> in like three hours, I'm going to be so fucking ham. <laughs> first time in a year people oh my gosh how long are they gonna be gone uh just for the weekend i oh, yeah okay. I, really, I gotta get it in and get it done and you know yeah yeah but um, but no this i think i think that this really is a conversation and like in a general sense it makes me um really sad in a lot of ways that like not just that, like these anti-sex conversations are happening because of course you expect fucking conservatives to do this like right yeah. now they are but it makes me sad that they're like bringing in like a whole new generation of like baby queers and baby leftists to be like mm-hmm. 
like repeat these talking points and regurgitate this shit and it's like what are we doing you know what i mean that's like the biggest thing to me is I'm always like there's like a, a i it's interesting that you bring up the baby queers it feels to me like there's a um movement toward like much more conservative sexual politics <laughs> among young people it feels like that to me but i don't want to be like someone in my mid-40s who's like those young people um which is exactly what i just <laughs> um no, I, I just appreciate the fact that you said feels like as if it's not actively happening in front of all our faces. I know. Um, I just didn't want to say like those young people, but they all, it feels very conservative. And I don't know. It's very conservative. conservative. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like, oh my God, I hate liberals so much. I really <laughs> <laughs> I just knew like there's yeah. such shit. but no this really in my opinion is a thing that you know yeah. like because we had you know we had Obama two terms and you know whatever yeah. fucking goofy shit and fucking you know we spent all this time feeling smug as liberals um yeah. you know not necessarily us you know, yeah we're, but yeah we're, we're, we're better than liberals but you know what I mean um <laughs> But no, liberals really did spend all this time feeling smug and like, oh, Obama's in office and fucking notorious RBG, whatever the fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. But like that really was a thing is that like liberals really felt like they were untouchable while conservatives were planning because that's what the fuck conservatives do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now here we are, and like, yeah, I could see it in the um the pride conversations, right? I don't yeah. know if y'all watch it. No, can't get pride. No, can't get pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's insane. <laughs> what kind of bootlicker shit are we doing right now? Um, right. Yeah. Now. And then the, the justification for it slightly different, but it's the same outcome like it's definitely the same outcome yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that um you know i have a podcast it's called the black mm-hmm. podcast you should check me out i'm fucking hilarious <laughs> but no seriously though no i literally i'm not even joking when i said this like literally like two days ago on my own podcast is that one of the things that people do not understand about this like conservative christian anti-sex thing is that it's like based in an entire social hierarchy so they don't just want a theocracy they intentionally want a system that um has a very strictly coded sort of hierarchy and one of the shitty things about this hierarchy is that you're not allowed to have more bodily autonomy or freedoms than the person above you right Mm -hmm. like when we talk about like black people you are not allowed to have more autonomy and freedoms than white people we talk about indigenous folks you're not allowed to have more autonomy and freedoms than white people and then even when we get to like groups of white people white queers fuck y'all niggas y'all are not allowed to have more rights and bodily autonomy than you know hetero white people or cis white people Mm -hmm. right and then like you keep going keep going and even when you get to a point where you could even be talking about like um like a class privileged cis hetero christian white able-bodied woman yeah she's still not allowed to have more bodily autonomy and freedom than a man who is white and like mm-hmm. and i don't think that we talk about necessarily um the fact that that hierarchy is a uh, significant part of their belief system yeah mm-hmm. right? and so like when we're talking about things that are anti-sex it's like oh because like a hetero cis white man said so right yeah. and we're talking about even like the anti-abortion shit right mm-hmm. you're not yeah. if you're poor you're not allowed to do that because rich people said so yeah. Or if you're black, right. you're not allowed to do it because white people said so. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that thing about the social hierarchy of you're not allowed to have more autonomy and freedom than the person above you. And I think that's where a lot of this shit comes from. 
Mm-hmm. And so people really have internalized that. We're like, oh, I'm actually not allowed to enjoy sex. But you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and I, and uh, I also um, I also hate like the sort of um, actually I don't know if there's a term is there a term for like a generic washing of a thing is there like a term for that I don't know yeah in this context I don't know yeah yeah like in this context in particular what bothers me about like things like sex work and porn is people is like but you know I saw porn and like this poor woman got tied up and you know some dude stuck his dick in her face until she threw up and it's like you do know that you don't have to watch that type of porn yeah yeah there's other stuff out there (laughs) like right now i literally follow dozens of sex workers who their entire porn shit is like eating pussy yeah yeah you can just watch eating you can watch pussy eating all the fuck long day i only watch unless you're trying to be offended (laughs) (laughs) you saw yeah what's really popping and what's really good you know but that is part of the thing is like you're not allowed to enjoy things so you always have to like search out the worst possible um, thing like let me lay out the worst possible yeah yeah and um condemn an entire industry based on my extremely biased cherry pick sample that was just a tweet that layla put out that i actually replied to not too long ago maybe a few weeks ago it was something about a general generalization of porn i'm like you do know a lot of this is people who are actors and actresses paying to set up a scene these are not real scenes like you realize that right this isn't like voyeur world on pornhub that's not what this is it's insane but no seriously that is a thing and it really does bother me like on the level where like if that's not what you're into you do not have to watch that but you're choosing to watch that and then complain about it and frame it as a problem with you know an entire industry or whatever and like that's very frustrating to me because there are um you know, actors and there are videos out of people not doing those things because, right. and, and like people get really mad when you say this, but like porn has more choices than like any other type of media. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like, when is the last time you saw a superhero movie with some dude who didn't look like fucking captain America? Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had black Panther. We got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like seriously right. though. And, and so it's like, it's wild to me that people will watch, um, you know, like TV shows and all these movies where basically everyone kind of looks the same, but then we have porn where you can literally any category, right? Fat girls, skinny girls, tall girls, short girls, eating pussy, BDSM. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your thing is, you can find someone who's doing that thing. And, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily celebratory in a sense that like porn should be celebrated because it's just work. And I don't think work should be celebrated because it gets like this weird, as I was talking about earlier, the weird uh, fetishizing yeah. of workers. But like, why is it that you're more offended that adults do porn than the right. fact that the Boy Scouts just got shut down for what now? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, what did the Boy Scouts get sued for? <laughs> yeah. Right. What is the Catholic Church and Catholic Church in Borelden? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it's all the Catholic organizations actively fighting about CSAM, and then it's yeah. the Catholic Church and wait, what? Yeah. So hold on, let's, let's focus on the other giant problem in the room. Like the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Like, every level. And look, that's so wild to me. Like to be honest, that people will literally be like, Oh, we can't do this or we can't do that. 
um you know because it's like sinful or it's immoral but it's like what the fuck are y'all actually doing like right yeah yeah i don't know it's weird it's weird all i'm saying is i would feel more comfortable leaving my child around porn stars than priests i'd co-sign that message yeah Yeah, absolutely all of our babysitters are our friends and all of our friends are sex workers Mm -hmm. (laughs) my kids like go to school uh or one of my kids went to school next to the strip club that lots of our friends work at and they're like oh you were okay cool (laughs) (laughs) more of this please yes i'm like sex workers are the best babysitters i mean we have like very flexible schedules yeah (laughs) flexible schedules but also like on a on a dead ass serious note who else understands consent and boundaries better yeah no one absolutely like honestly yeah yeah i would absolutely leave my kids with sex workers before anyone else like just for that alone We hope you enjoyed this bonus footage from this episode of On the Horizon, and we look forward to having you tune in next time.